0: Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, from verse 1 down to 10. And here's the reading. You were raised from the death with Christ, so try to get things in heaven. I mean the things where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Think only about the things in heaven, not the things on earth. Your old, sinful self has died, and your new life is kept with Christ in God. Christ is your life. When he comes again, you will share in his glory. So put all evil things out of your life, sexual sinning, doing evil, letting evil thoughts control you, wanting things that are evil, and always selfishly wanting more and more. This wanting really means to live serving a false God. These things make God angry. In your evil life in the past, you also did these things. But now put these things out of your life. Anger, being, being very mad, doing or saying things, to hurt other people, and using evil words when you talk. Don't lie to each other. Why? Because you have left your old sinful life and the things you did before. You have begun to live the new life. In your new life, you are being made new. You are becoming like the one who made you. This new life brings you the true knowledge of God.
1: Good morning, church. It's good to see you all today as usual. Um, Alicia and I were in a market, are in the market for a new vacuum recently, very exciting. And uh, and so I did what any good researcher would do. I took to Google <laughs> uh, and I typed in like the most sophisticated query I could think of. You know, what is a good vacuum <laughs> or what is the best vacuum? Uh, not too sophisticated, I guess, but it did get me some good results. And that's a typical thing we do, right? Have you, have you done this before? You know, looking for the best uh, we we want to know what the best vacuum is, but we also want to know what the best restaurant is, maybe the best cell phone provider, the best vacation spot. We're always searching for the best. Nobody would ever sit down and type into Google a search for a somewhat reliable car, right? Not going to happen. Or, or you're not going to type in uh, what is the what is the closest mediocre dentist to me? Like that's not that's not happening. We're always searching for the best. We want the best. And the Internet, it can be a very helpful thing for stuff like this. But unfortunately, if you Google uh, what is the best way to live your life, you're going to get some less than complete answers. I mean, sure, you might find some kernels of wisdom here and there. But the big picture will probably be missing because you're not going to see what it said here in verse 10 of our reading this morning. In Colossians 3.10, it says, put on your new nature And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So in essence, this is a pretty good answer actually to the question of, you know, what's the best way to live your life? This verse says that the best way to live is to embrace our new nature. For those of us who've been given a new life in Jesus, something has changed, right? We've been made new, and the best way that we can live is to embrace that new nature and grow into it. Our best life is one that is totally dedicated to knowing our Creator and becoming like Him. And that's what we're made for, really. In essence, we're talking about spiritual growth, spiritual growth and maturity, or becoming more like Jesus. And it's such an important topic that we've decided to dedicate an entire year to it in 2024. Our congregational focus this year is spiritual growth and maturity. And I just want to give you a quick overview of what we're planning to cover so that you can get an idea of where we're heading this year, uh, Lord willing. So in January and February, I'm just going to hit the high notes here. We want to talk about who does what in terms of spiritual growth. You know, what does the individual do? What does God do? What does the church do? What does the family do, etc.? Uh, And then in March, we're going to go into uh, a focus on the essentials of spiritual growth. In other words, what kind of attitudes do we need to cultivate in our lives uh, in order to grow spiritually? Then in April, we'll be moving on to um, the stages of spiritual growth. What are those different stages of spiritual maturity, and how can we help each other move through those stages? In May, we're going to look at a series called Growing Through Trials. And we want to look at how we can grow specifically in those times uh, when things seem to be falling apart. In June, we're going to look at um, what, we call, what we're calling equipped for battle. And we're going to look at how we can grow spiritually in the midst of the spiritual battles that we all face. In July, we're going to dig into one of the most important indicators of spiritual growth. That's love, right? Love. And we'll talk about loving like Jesus and how we can do that in our lives today. In August, uh, we're going to go back to more, essential, more essentials of spiritual growth, and we'll break down some more of those practices that we need in our lives to mature in our faith. In September, it's going to be about bearing fruit. We're going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit and, and those types of fruits that we should be seeing in our lives as we grow to become more like Jesus. Uh, And then in October and November, we're going to go into talking about spiritual growth disciplines. It's the types of rhythms, if you like, or, or disciplines that we need to open our lives up to if we want to become more mature in our faith. And finally, in December, we're going to circle back to where we started and talk about becoming like Jesus. You know, this is the ultimate goal, I think, of our spiritual growth. That's the direction we're heading and we're going to examine Jesus' life and strive to be like him. So, like I said, I know it's a very high level, but I wanted to, to show you where we're heading this year. And, uh, and we are willing to dedicate an entire year to this because growing spiritually or becoming more immature in our faith or becoming more like Jesus is exactly how we're going to live not our second best, not our third best life, but the best life. This is the path to the best life. Spiritual growth is the path towards the best life that God has for us. It's like what that scripture says from Romans 8. It says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We see here that this was God's plan for his people all along. His destiny, if you like, for us, for you and me and every person in this world, is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. So we can see that God has a good plan for us, for each of us, and that his plan is being like Jesus, which is going to be the title of our lesson this morning. And Lord willing, that's going to be the year ahead for all of us. That's what this year will be all about. And focusing on spiritual growth isn't arbitrary. In, in many ways, it's the direction we want to go as a congregation in the long term. If you'll remember, hopefully, last year, uh, we talked about foundations of faith. You know, what we believe about about many things that the Bible talks about. We need a solid, uh, solid theological foundation to grow from. And this year, Lord willing, we will grow from that foundation. We will go, grow spiritually. But our growth isn't just for the sake of growing. It's a means to an end, right? We want to grow so that we can be used by God for his work in this world. We want to grow so that we can be better equipped to take on the Great Commission, to make disciples, which we hope to be focusing on in 2025 and 2026. And we want to grow spiritually also so that we can accomplish the great command to love. To love God and to love others. And that's what we hope to be focusing on in 2027. Brothers and sisters, we want to grow this year. We must grow this year because God has plans for all of us. And we encourage you to commit to growing with us in 2024 so that God can be glorified in our lives in the weeks and months and years ahead. A life of spiritual growth is literally the best life that we can live. Now, I didn't say it was the easiest life. I didn't say it was the simplest because it's not. (laughs) But it is the best, and it's worth everything that we have. This morning, I want to look at why it's so important for us to pursue being like Jesus, and then we can talk about how we can actually pursue that in our lives today. So we'll start with the why. You know, the why of being like Jesus, well, we we already covered this to some extent. In many ways, the why is simple. You know, why pursue spiritual growth? Well, because it's the best life that we can possibly live. It's the only life that leads to us becoming more and more like Jesus, the best example of a human that there's ever been. That's a powerful motivation. But there's other reasons as well, and we see this from our text. In verses 3 and 4, It reminds us that we have died to an old way of life. If we've decided to give our lives to Jesus and become a disciple, a Christian, any former way of life where Jesus was not the number one priority is done. That's what we signed up for. And now because we've joined our lives to Christ in this way, it says here that our life has been hidden, hidden, You know, that word hidden is referring to this idea of being tucked away or or being held for safekeeping. Do You see what this is saying, right? Our life doesn't belong here anymore. It's not about the things of this world any longer for us. We've died and our life has been hidden somewhere else. We were made for something so much more than this. Uh, Over the holidays, Alicia and I spent some time with our nephews and I, I learned something. I learned a lot of things, actually. <laughs> uh, but many parents can probably relate to this. You know, it's hard to get kids uh, to stop playing with their toys, like for any reason. Uh, very difficult. You know, we wanted to take them to this super fun place that we've been planning to go. And we were talking it up, you know, how much fun it was going to be. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. But then when it was time to go, even though they knew it was going to be good, they just didn't want to leave those toys. They were like fixated on them. <laughs> Um, and I I learned something about that. You know, it's hard for them to leave something small behind to go to something bigger because they're just sort of distracted with that small thing. And I think it can be that way with us as well. We get so easily caught up in distractions from the world that they're really so worthless in comparison with what we could be pursuing in a life of spiritual growth and growing in Christ. It's like that scene from The Lion King, right? The one where Rafiki, he leads Simba out to the pond at night. You remember that? And, and he sees this vision of his father in the sky telling him, remember who you are, Simba. <laughs> you know, Simba was supposed to be a king. Before him was this opportunity to do something of such value if he wanted to grow into it. But instead he was choosing to waste his life eating bugs in a swamp. <laughs> Are you eating bugs in a swamp? I love how C.S. Lewis put that, put this idea in his famous quote from The Weight of Glory. He said, We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. I love that quote. A life of spiritual growth is the greatest life that we can pursue. It offers us a life of meaning and value right now and the hope of an incredible future for all eternity. It's like it says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. This is big. Brothers and sisters, what God has in store for us in a life of following Jesus is unimaginable. Unimaginably good. It will not be easy, but it will be the best life that we can pursue. And it will last for eternity. Don't waste your life on anything less. My hope and prayer for all of us this year is that we would engage and grow spiritually together so that we can become more and more like Jesus. So now I want to spend the rest of our time today talking about this how question. How can we pursue this life of being like Jesus? Well, we're going to try and focus on this answer in many different ways over the next year, but today I wanted to look at two concepts from our passage because I think these things are critical. I think they're critical because they get to the heart of the matter, which is probably a good place to start. The first is that we need to think it. We need to think about being like Jesus. And the second is that we need to seek it, to pursue that life, to actually go after it. So let's go through these and start with the first one about, about thinking it. If we, if we want to grow to become more like Jesus... Verse 2 tells us that we have to set our minds on it. Paul says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. It's a pretty simple command, but hard to live out. You know, it makes, it makes pretty, it makes it pretty clear that pursuing spiritual growth is about turning our minds away from something so that we can turn them towards something else. I, I think that, that is sort of simple, but But it's a foundational idea. We have to turn our lives and our our minds away from earthly things so that we can set them on heavenly things. And so our first question might be, well, you know, how do I know what my mind is set on? Well, in in my experience, uh, i.e. uh, by making lots of mistakes, (laughs) experience is a good teacher. In my experience, I've found that uh, there's a strong connection between the mind and two of our other senses, our ears and our eyes. I don't know if you've found this. If we want to know what our mind is set on, we only need to look at what our ears are hearing and what our eyes are seeing. So when it comes to your ears, what's the playlist in your life? And I don't necessarily mean what kind of music are you listening to, although I, I guess maybe that is something you could look at, too. But what I really mean is what voices are you hearing? What voices are you allowing into your mind? What do you allow into your thought life on a daily basis? It reminds me of a pretty cool story, I think, from the life of Elijah from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 13, where the Lord speaks to Elijah and he said, Go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And a voice and a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I I think Elijah discovered something really important in this scene from his life. God was not necessarily going to be found in all the loud and obvious things that were happening around him. There was a powerful windstorm. There was shattering rocks. There was an earthquake. There was a fire. But God was not in any of that. And I think in a similar way, if all we are doing in our lives is paying attention to the loudest thing, the loudest voice, if all we're doing is thinking about the latest idea or the latest headline in the paper or the latest bad news or whatever our social media feed tells us that we need to be thinking about next in order to feel fulfilled, we're going to miss something very important, the gentle whisper of God's voice. What are you listening to? Our scripture tells us to set our minds on things above. That's an active thing, right? That's describing an active process. It's not something that happens by accident. It's something that we have to do. It's something that we have to make an effort to think about. To think about what it means for us to look more like Jesus. And that probably means that we are going to have to intentionally tune out other voices. Other voices that compete for an audience in our mind. It's an active process. Who are you choosing to listen to? So the voices that we listen to matter, but it also matters what we set our eyes on. And I love how Jesus describes this idea in Matthew 6 and verse 21. And 20 uh 20 to uh, 21 to 23, uh, he says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? One of the things that uh, you get to know pretty quick when you're learning to ride a bike is to train your eyes to look forward, right? To look in the direction you're trying to go, especially when you're first learning. This is critical because, you know, you, if you're looking straight in front of you where you want to go, it's a lot easier to kind of stay on track. But if you start to look off towards the side at maybe like the street light beside you, <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's pretty easy to veer off and pretty soon you're heading towards that street light. We tend to go where our eyes are fixed, and I think this applies to more than just riding a bike. Jesus talks about that idea here in a spiritual sense. He says that the eye is like the lamp of a body. It lights the way toward the direction or the focus of our lives, of where our life is headed. He said if that our eyes are healthy or if they have like a single focus, or in other words, if they're focused on good things, our life is going to follow in that direction, where we're looking, where we want to go. But if our eyes are fixed on the things of the world, look out, because we're heading for darkness. It's so easy to do that, right? It's so easy to get distracted with the things of of this world if we aren't making an effort to fix our eyes on Christ. We begin thinking that our career is the most important thing. We set our sights on climbing the corporate ladder or maybe it's the stock market. You know, we want to see those numbers go up and up and up and and we set our sights on that. Or maybe our sights are set on our favorite team. You know, our lives become consumed with a game. Or maybe it's the latest gadget. You can't wait to go out and buy it and you're, you're fixed on this idea of getting a new thing. Or, or maybe your eyes are literally fixed on our social media feed. You're, you're desk scrolling for hours looking for something to capture your attention. You get the idea, right? We get so easily distracted into thinking that these are the things that we should fix our minds on and, and we waste the best part of ourselves on these things that don't really matter. In the end, I always compare it to uh, the idea of having a crazy dream. <laughs> you know, I, you know, sometimes we have like the craziest dreams. It's like a dream where you're walking around Winnipeg for hours and hours searching for a pencil. <laughs> have you ever had a dream like that? Maybe it's not a pencil, but something insignificant and small. You're searching all the streets looking for a pencil. You look through garbage cans. You're looking in the bushes everywhere, but... You just can 't find it, and it's dreadful in the dream. it seems so important to you that you would just find that pencil it's like the most important thing in the world, but then you wake up and you think about it and you start laughing because you you mean it's just a pencil you can't imagine why it was ever so important it's It's just a dumb pencil why did it Why did it feel like it was so important when you were in that dream and i I think we're going to experience something similar. When our life on this earth comes to an end, when we step into eternity, it's going to be like waking up from that dream and thinking about all the dumb things we were searching for. (laughs) We're going to think, why did I care so much about my career? Why did I spend so much time worrying about money? Why did I spend so much time thinking about sports and social media and stuff? It seemed to matter so much in that life, but now I can see that it was just ridiculous. Why did I let all those things distract me when there was only really one thing that I should have been focused on? Our scripture today helps us to see this truth before we wake up from the dream. We can change where our eyes are fixed and focus on things above now so that we don't have to waste our time and waste our life chasing after pencils in garbage cans. So verse 2 on the screen here tells us that we have to think about or set our minds on, on being like Jesus. We need to think it. And the next thing I'd like to have us uh, focus on is what it says here in verse, in verse 1, that we need to seek it. Seek it. Uh, verse 1 Verse 1 tells us this. Uh, It says, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. But what's that like, to seek it? Well, maybe uh, take a minute with me to imagine something right now. You know, imagine what it's like to lose a valuable item in in your house. I'm sure no one's ever done that. I mean, I, I'm sure people could probably relate to this, right? Maybe you lost your wallet. Maybe you lost your keys, uh, your phone or something. It's like a daily occurrence in our place. Uh, you, know, you know it's somewhere in your house, right? But it's still a terrible feeling. Maybe you want to sit down and watch some TV or relax on the couch, but you just can't do it. You're just thinking, where is that ruddy thing? And, and you're looking around your house. You're pacing everywhere, tearing things apart and looking and looking, and you just can't rest until you find it. There's like this hunger in in you that that will not be quenched until you get what you're searching for. And it's kind of like that story that Jesus told one time from Luke 15 and verse 8. He said, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? When the woman loses her coin, she turns that house upside down until she finds it. There's this burning desire in her heart that won't rest until she gets that coin. And I think that's the perfect analogy for what we're talking about here today because of this word right here, seek. It's the exact same Greek word that shows up in verse 1 of our text today when it says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Brothers and sisters, this is the kind of seeking we're talking about. It's not like a passive, uh, well, hopefully I'll be more like Jesus one day kind of seeking. It's not a half-hearted, you know, uh, I'll get around to spiritual growth at some point. No. <laughs> you see that, right? It's like that woman with her lost coin. There's a hunger for it. There's a desire for a different life. It's about turning our minds away from something in this world to something greater than these temporary distractions around us. We seek the things that are above. We seek the things of Christ in our lives. We hunger to see Christ formed in us. I want to put a question before you that's similar to what Jay asked us last week. Just because I think it's a powerful thing to consider. Here it is. Are you striving to be like Christ in your life right now? And again, like Jay said last week, notice what I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you if you're really good at showing up in this building on Sunday morning. I'm not asking you if you've been baptized. I'm not asking you if you mostly stay out of trouble or if you read your Bible. I'm asking you, are you in your heart of hearts, striving to be like Christ? Is that on your radar? Are you seeking it diligently like, like the woman seeking for her coin? Can you point to an area in your life right now where you're trying to grow? Can you name something tangible that you're actively doing right now to grow in your faith or grow in your likeness of Christ? Today we're laying the foundation for spiritual growth. And brothers and sisters, this is it. We can talk about techniques. We can talk about the things that need to change. We can talk about how God is going to help us with that. And and we will, Lord willing, talk about all that. But ultimately, if we're not seeking it, if we're not setting our minds on it, if we don't really want it, then not much is going to change. I came across a really eye-opening stat about this a while back. Uh, this study was done by the Barna Research Group, published in a book called Growing True Disciples. Now, full, disclo- uh, full disclosure, this is uh, 20-year-old data, and the study was done in the U.S., so we're not directly applying this to our lives. We, we can't directly apply it to our context, but I thought it was worth mentioning anyways. Uh, the Barna Group did a... a a talk, they, they did a survey of over 1700 people who identified themselves as Christians and found the following information. So when they asked this first question, they asked whether a deep personal commitment to Christ or to the Christian faith rather was a top priority for their future. Uh, four out of five believers agreed with that statement. And that's good news, right? The vast majority of believers will say that their faith is a top priority in their life. That's good. That's what we want to see. The next stat, however, is where things get troubling. In a different question, without giving any options to choose from, they ask those same group of people, the same group of believers, what is the single most important thing you want to accomplish in your life? And... Unfortunately, only 20% of people mention anything directly related to a spiritual outcome in their life. It seems that 80% of the believers in this survey have their minds fixed on something else. They're heading in a different direction. I don't know about you, but that's concerning to me. The author of the book, uh, George Barna, summarized the data in this way. He said, in other words, most believers say their faith matters, but few are actually investing uh, energy into the pursuit of spiritual growth. This news is pretty glim. But the good news is that it, it doesn't have to be this way, right? It doesn't have to be this way. Each of us needs to answer this question in our own lives. Are you striving to be like christ not are you attending church events not are you busy helping with church activities not are you listening to sermons and podcasts and devotionals the question is are you personally engaged engaged in this pursuit of becoming like jesus is this pursuit on your radar right now or are you seeking other things if not I mean, don't despair. Today is the day to change. 2024 is a day or a year of spiritual growth for all of us. If you've given your life to Christ, the Bible says that you have a new life. There's an aspect of that that applies to our eternity, right? For, for our future with Christ forever. But there's also another aspect of that that applies to our lives right now. We have a new life right now. This new life is, uh, means that we have to put new things in front of us. We have to live for new things, and there's new things to strive for. In short, it's being like Jesus. This is the pursuit of our lives. It's a lifelong, it's a lifelong pursuit, and you know, we're not going to get there tomorrow. But it's a pursuit that we need to be engaged in. It's also not a pursuit that we're going to be able to do on our own. We need our brothers and sisters. We obviously need God's help But God will help us. He will be there and he will be faithful. But we need to be an active participant as well. Our scripture today has reminded us of the incredible importance of seeking to be like Jesus or being like Jesus. We need to seek this new life and strive for it above all else. This is the best life that we can pursue. And if you need help with any of this, please reach out. Reach out to someone in your life who is living their life for Christ. And as always, I'm here if you want that person to be me. And if you're listening to this today and you're ready to turn control of your life over to Christ, to become his disciple, to start living like him, please come and see me and we can talk more about what that looks like for you. Thank you so much for your time today.